Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad you tuned into the broadcast today. In just a moment, we're going to spend some time in prayer together and spend some time in the Word of God together, which I believe has the power to change your life. I know it's changed mine and countless millions upon millions of people all over the world every day are experiencing the life-changing power of the Word of God. Before we get into the Word, I got to read you this testimony. We just got into the ministry just in the last few weeks. This is amazing. You're going to love this. This is from Brent. He said, recently, my wife and I had our Dish Network interrupted. Now, some of you may or may not know, Legacy Television airs on the Dish Network, Channel 265, uh, Believer's Voice of Victory Network. He said, recently, my wife and I had our Dish Network interrupted. He said, I'd been watching your program, and being that our services had been cut off, all we could do is watch previous recorded things from our DVR. We noticed for some reason, this is so cool, your program continued to be recorded even after the TV and Wi-Fi both had been cut off. And this allowed us to continue watching your program, bringing us and feeding us the Word of God. My wife and I conclude and shout out, this is an event from our Lord God. It can only be the grace of God on your pro- and your program was recorded to our DVR. All glory be to God. I thought that was amazing. God will get the word to you any way he can. So if you've got a testimony like that, or maybe you've got a prayer request, you'd like us to be in agreement with you. I want you to call the phone number that's on your screen. It's area code 817-577-0180. Call us. We want to be in agreement with you for whatever you need from God. Jesus said, we're two or more gathered in my name. There I am right in the middle of them. So we want to come into agreement with you based on the word and see God increase you. So call that number. Now, when you do, you'll have to leave a message because our entire prayer department is also our television department, which is also our administrative department, which is also our housekeeping department. So they're all very busy right now, but if you'll leave a message, uh, somebody's going to get right back to you. And we are just overjoyed and delighted to get to come into agreement with you. Amen. Let's pray together. We'll get into the word today. Father, we love you. We worship you. and We thank you for loving us. Thank you so much for giving Jesus for us putting value on us. We believe that love today. We receive that love today. And we look into your word today with eyes open, ears open, hearts open. Cause us to see Jesus in ways we never have. Cause us to hear his voice with clarity through the ministry of the Holy Spirit and enable us to know deeper today who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us. We thank you for it. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I want you to get your Bible because we're going to get right back into the Word today. Uh, We've been in a series that we're calling Make Yourself Useful. We've been on it for several weeks now, and it's found, our our foundation text here is in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll begin reading again with verses 20 and 21. So if you've missed any of these broadcasts, make sure you go back, get them from pearsonsministries.com, get them from the app, get them from our podcast, wherever you can get our broadcast, get it. Get caught up with us. It's important that you hear all of these things. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 says, In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified, and useful for the master. That's it right there, man. That is what I want my life to be, useful to Jesus. I just want him to be able to use me. Use me, Jesus. 
because that's what we're put on this planet for. I mean, there's a question that's been burning in the hearts and, um, hearts and minds of man for all of history, and it's, what are we here for? What's my purpose? And our purpose is to be useful to Jesus. Now, we've established this. He loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't make him love you less. You can't make him love you more. He loves you and he's proven that to you over and over again. And no greater way has he proven it than when he gave you Jesus. Jesus is proof that God loves you. But on top of his love for you, he's called you. He's created you. And that word calling is not some ethereal, surreal kind of terminology that we don't really know what it means. It's not just some feeling you have about what you want to do with your life. No, God calls you something. God calls those things that be not as though they were. So maybe right now you're listening to this and God has called you pastor. Maybe God has called you doctor. Maybe God has called you missionary, but whatever he's called you, even if that's not what you are right now, he's not sweating that. He calls things that be not as though they were. And whatever he's called you, that's your calling. Does that make sense? That's simple, right? And when you and I are living in that calling, we've made ourselves useful to the master. The modern English version of that says that we're fit for the master's use. I want to be fit for his use. I want to be in shape and ready to go. When he swings open wide the door of opportunity, I want to be ready to step through it. I don't want to hang around outside the threshold of it just because I wasn't ready when the opportunity came. So that's what this entire series is about. It's about being ready. It's about being fit. It's about making ourselves useful. We've been looking also at the book of Luke chapter 9. And I know we're going over these things over and over them. And that's for several reasons. Maybe you've heard it all, but maybe there's somebody watching today that hasn't heard what we've already said. And just because you've heard it before doesn't mean you don't need to hear it again. Feed on these things. Every time I look at this, I've been looking at Luke chapter nine almost every day for the last several months. And every time I do, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger to me. And it'll do the same thing to you. Luke chapter nine Look again at verse 57. It says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to Jesus, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. This is big talk, big promises. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So in other words, are you sure? Are you sure? You're making big promises here. You're making big plans, but are you sure you've got what it takes? In other words, are you sure you're ready? Are you sure you're in shape to go with me where I'm going? We're going to see more about that today. Verse 59, he said to another, follow me. So whoever this is talking to got the same two word invitation that every one of the disciples got. He said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. So in other words, yeah, I'm coming, but I'm not ready right now. As long as there's still something else for you to do, before you obey Jesus, then you're not ready. And almost ready is exactly the same thing as not ready. As long as there's still something else that's higher on your to-do list, higher in your priorities than submitting and yielding to the call of God, as long as there's something that comes before Jesus saying, follow me, then you're not ready. Now, this is a two-word invitation and he's just looking for a yes or a no. And these guys didn't say no, but in Jesus' eyes, it was the same thing. 
telling Jesus later, saying to God and to the Holy Spirit, I'll do that later, in their eyes is the exact same thing as saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I used to hear this a lot growing up from my parents who pastored our church and grew up in these kinds of things. So I hear these, I heard these things quite a bit. They'd say, Jeremy, delayed obedience is disobedience. Yes, ma'am. You know, delayed obedience is disobedience. It's because it's the same thing in the eyes of God. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. The implication here is go now. This opportunity is now and opportunities don't last forever. To another, he also said, Lord, uh, uh, excuse me, another also said to him, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So these guys are loved by God. They're called by God, but they are not in shape to be used. They are not in condition. They're not ready. They weren't ready when he called. Therefore, he said to him, look, I can't use you. I love you. I've called you, but I can't use you. I'm gonna keep saying this to you over and over and over because this is just as real in my life and in yours as it was for these guys this day. Were they loved by God? Obviously. Were they called personally by Jesus? But were they usable? Not at that moment. Are you loved by God? Absolutely. Are you called by God? Absolutely you are. There is a personal call of Jesus saying, follow me. He has extended that same thing to you that he has to everybody else. But just because he loves you and he's called you, doesn't necessarily mean he's able to use you or use me right here and now in the shape we're in. That's why this series is called Make Yourself Useful. There's some things you and I have got to do. Now, whatever we do, we do by the grace of God. So it's not like we're doing it in and of our own strength. No, we're depending on his power in us to make us ready. But there's something we've got to commit to. Notice again, Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back. You can't do those two things. You can't plow forward and look back. Plowing has got to be done with great intensity of focus. These lines have got to be exact. They've got to be straight. And plowing is done for one reason, because seeds are about to be sown. Now we're big on seed sowing around here. In the house of faith, we talk a lot about sowing seeds. We talk a lot about reaping harvest. Jesus talked a lot about sowing seed. Jesus talked a lot about reaping some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. But what we must be quick to recognize is seed does not get sown until ground has been plowed. And I think in the broadcasts that are coming, we're going to get into that even more. But I want you to bear that in your mind that we are, when we're plowing, we're preparing. Plowing is all about preparation. It's all getting ready for the seed of the word to be sown. And Jesus is saying, you can't do these two things at the same time. You can't plow in the field that I've called you to plow in. And I think that's interesting terminology too, plowing, that's done in a field. And even today in the modern society that we live in, we still use these terms. What field are you in? There are people in the medical field. There are, there are people in the, uh, the accounting field, the ministry field. What field are you in? Well, 
when you hear that and you think that, you need to immediately think, what am I called to? What am I called to? What's the purpose of my life on this planet? That's the field God's put you in. And if he's put you in it, I can nearly guarantee you there's some plowing that's gonna have to be done in it. I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but I want you to keep these things in the back of your mind. Jesus said, you cannot plow forward and look back. You can't plow forward and look back. And on last week's broadcast, we talked all about the dangers of looking back. There are deadly implications when you can't get your eyes off the past. Always looking back. That says two things. Number one, you don't remember it very clearly because if you did, you wouldn't be trying to go back there. It's crazy when you think about how God delivered his people out of Egyptian bondage and they got out in that wilderness and they complained and complained and complained and said over and over how much they wanted to go back. Are you kidding me? They, they had fuzzy memories about how great Egypt was. And like, oh man, the food. And we had, we had food. It all seemed to revolve around the food. We had food. We had, we had food. <laughs> yeah, but you were also, uh, let's see, what's the word? Slaves? And they were killing you and you were in bondage for something like 400 years. So not so good back there, but still they're just trying to go back, go back, go back, go back. And there are deadly implications at stake here when you can't get your eyes off the past. Number one, you're being deceived into thinking it was somehow better. But number two, and this is where I want to go today, there's no faith in looking back. Faith is all about moving forward. How many times throughout the scripture does it say the just shall live by faith? How, what does it say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5? You and I, what do we do? We walk by faith. What is walking? Walking is forward motion. Walking is moving in a forward direction. This is not, this is not the moonwalk of faith. We're not walking backwards here. We are walking forward. Faith is always forward. God is always moving forward. Matter of fact, he said this, and he said it very famously in the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 29. I know you've heard it before. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I have it here. Let me read it to you. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. See, God's always thinking about what he's got out in front of you. Other translations of this verse say, I know the plans that I have for you. The Amplified Bible says, I know the plans and thoughts I have for you. What's interesting to me about that is the word that got translated over here to thoughts also got translated over here to plans, but it's the same word. When God said it and he spoke that word inside that word, you can translate it two ways and it means in his eyes the same thing. It translates to thoughts, but it also translates to plans. And here's what you need to know about plans. Plans belong to the future. You can't plan the past. You can't plan the past. You can't make your to-do list of everything you need to do right now. And somebody said, what, what, what you writing there? What are you working on? Oh, this is everything I'm going to do yesterday. No, it's not. You can't do it. You can't plan the past. And what this says to me is God saying, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking about you. And when he's thinking about you, he's thinking about his plan for you. In other words, your past is not on his mind. 
Oh man, that is such good news right now to somebody. It's good news to me. Your past is not on his mind. My past is not what's on his mind right now. When he thinks about me, he's got one thing on his mind, the plan, the plan, the plan, my future, what he's called me to. And when somebody can't take their eyes off the past, this indicates that there's no faith. They're not walking by faith because faith belongs to the future. And if all you can do is look back, look back either on how good things were, or you get stuck looking back on how bad they were. And how bad they were, all that experience with the bad is limiting your expectation of good. In other words, you think, I'm not stepping out again because of how bad it was before, but never let your experience limit your expectation. When you do that, you've cut your faith short and you quit moving on in God. What's he thinking about? He's thinking about the plan. Jesus said, you can't plow forward and look back. Okay, so if we're not supposed to be looking back, remember Lot's wife, remember how that turned out, right? Don't look back. You will become whatever you're beholding. So whatever destruction is in your past, you become it when you can't get your eyes off it. Whatever, whatever failure was back there and you can't quit thinking about it, you can't quit looking, looking at it, you can't quit talking about it, you become whatever you behold. I said this is a dangerous and even deadly proposition to be unable to disconnect from your past, what's behind you. So if we're not supposed to be looking back, somebody, dear God, help me, where are we supposed to be looking? We are supposed to be looking forward all the time, all the time looking out at what's ahead. I know the thoughts and the plans. Go look up that word for yourself. I was looking at it last night and I thought, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this broadcast tomorrow. I'm going to speak this Hebrew word. It's about this long. So I'm not even going to try it. But I think the reason it's so big is because it's got so much in it that when God is thinking about you, it's not his past, your past that's on his mind. It's his plan for your future. But where there's no faith for the future, then you can't walk in it. If you're stuck believing one of two things, you're either it's so bad right now that you believe there's no way it could be better. That's no faith. Or it's so good right now, you think to yourself, there's no way it could get better. That's no faith either. I mean, how many times has God called somebody living in, in the middle of what they thought was their ultimate dream? And he said, you think this is good? Take another step. Leave this. I got something better for you. And how many times have people said, what do you mean live, leave this? This is my dream house. This is my dream job. Have you seen what I've got in the bank? You know how long it took me to get that? What are you talking about? Leave this. What is that? No faith. No faith. So as long as you are fearful about the future, afraid that it won't get better or afraid that it couldn't get better, then there's no faith. But here's what I want to do today in the last few minutes that I have here. We've been looking at this in Luke 9, but I want you to back up just a few verses and look at the context of what was going on and what was in Jesus' heart when he said these words about not looking back. Just back up to verse 51. This is so cool. If you're into the word, then you are about to flip out. This is so cool. 
Verse 51 of Luke chapter nine, it said, now it came to pass when the time had come for him, Jesus, to be received up. What is that? That's his ascension. That's him going to the Father. When the time had come for him to be received up, he steadfastly set his face to Jerusalem. He steadfastly set his face to Jerusalem. This word steadfast, steadfastly, it's the same word you see in 1 Peter 5, verse 10. And this is where I'm living my life out of this year, that the God of all grace would perfect and strengthen and establish and settle you. It's that word establish. It means to turn resolutely in a certain direction. It means you are turned and established on course. Maybe you make it, you've been making some turns this way and making some turns that way, trying to find out where you're going. God's moving you and positioning you and, and maneuvering you to where you need to be. But there comes a moment where you are established on your course and there's no deviating from this course, no more to the right, no more to the left. This path, this course is the one I'm called to take and it's the one that will take me to my future. That's what Jesus did here. He steadfastly set his face toward Jerusalem, to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face. As they went, they entered a certain village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. They did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. I, I read all this because I want you to see three times in three verses, you see reference to Jesus' face. You don't see this best I can find. I could be wrong, but I can't find it anywhere else in any other gospel. But three times in three verses right here, we see that Jesus has set his face. And I'm doing my study and I'm looking up these words. And wonder, I wonder what face means. And I'm looking at it. And can I tell you what the definition of face, face means? The front of the human head. <laughs> That's what it means. What is, what's the significance of that? Very simply this. It's where your eyeballs are. <laughs> you look. In this direction, Jesus has steadfastly set his face. He's looking. Now, here's what's so awesome to me. It says that the time had come for him to be received up. Now, you know, and I know that there's a lot that has to happen before this moment and his ascension. He's got to go through the Garden of Gethsemane. He's got to go to that whipping post. He's got to go to the cross. He's got to go to the pit of hell itself. He's got to be raised again from the dead. And then he ascends to his father. But I love it right now. His face is set towards Jerusalem. And like Hebrews 12 tells us, he despised the shame. Why? Because the joy that was set before him. His ascension means my redemption. His ascension means your restoration. His ascension means your healing, your prosperity. And Jesus has all that on his mind. He's not even looking at the cross. He's not even looking at death, not looking at hell, not looking at the grave. His face is set. What's your face set for today? Are you looking back? Are you looking forward? Come on, face forward with me right now. And I know there may be some stuff between you and the ultimate plan of God for your life, but it ain't the cross. It ain't death, hell, and the grave. He already did that for you. So whatever it is you and I got to put up with and deal with and subject our flesh to right now, let's deal with it. Why? Because there's some brilliant things waiting for us, but we're going to have to face them. Face your future. Face forward. Quit looking back. Turn and set your face towards the plan of God for your life. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television Broadcast, the Legacy Letter Magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.